Hey ladies, welcome to the Yas and Amen podcast, where we talk about growing in our faith with biblical truths, real life testimonies, and meditating on God's word. Now I'm your host, Priscelis Dominguez. Let's get it. Welcome back, y'all, for another episode of the Yes and Amen podcast. As always, I'm your host, Priscelles, and I'm really excited for today's topic. Um, if you, just a disclaimer, if you hear some noise, <laughs> some New York City noise, um, that's just, I live in New York, and that is the reality of today in recording. Um, I don't want to delay this. I've already delayed this episode, and so sorry if you hear some honks and some horns. That's just the reality of New York City. So today's episode is about justice, and not just justice but how justice looks like in our everyday life i think we live in a time where justice is a very trendy word um you know it's something that people some people want to do with the right intentions some people do it in a performative way um some people just don't know what to do when it comes to injustices and so this is coming from a christian perspective but also i am a social worker i am i would call just social workers justice workers so i work in the realm of justice work every single day um and i don't think i just do that in my job at restoring my seat right i do it in different capacities and i can do it even if i wasn't a social worker even if i didn't work every single day um, with human trafficking survivors. So today's episode is exactly about that. We're going to get into what scripture says about justice and how it guides us to live it out every single day, not when we find out news about justice, um, although that, you know, we can respond to those things as well, but how can we actually include justice in our everyday life? Just like we brush our teeth, just like we bathe ourselves, just like we eat every single day, we can also do justice every single day. So we're going to actually touch on seven points throughout our time together. The first thing we're going to talk about is how justice can be seen through intercession. The second thing is being the hands and feet, what that actually looks like. That is a very Christianese term, and what does that actually look like in our everyday life? The third is rejecting your flesh and living out the fruits of the spirit i think often when we think of the fruits of the spirit we maybe don't connect it to justice but it actually is very connected to it and has a lot to do with it so we'll get into that the fourth is dignity for all human beings i mean we're not going to talk about that a lot but if i have to explain that to you um then we just need prayer <laughs> right and then the fifth part is dying to self um i think often we, t- we hear the term dying to self um, when it comes to like marriage and things like that but that also is in the everyday work of justice work the sixth thing is checking your privilege and using it for good privilege is not a bad word it's not a bad thing it can be used for good but it also can be used for bad and evil and so we're going to talk about what the bible says about it and how we can use it practically every single day in our life to love others and to serve others and then the last one is consistent and not performative justice right which is um just the thing that maybe we fall into by mistake um you know but that we can do in every single day of our life so we are going to get right into it so i believe one of the biggest ways we can fulfill our gifts from god of being an image bearer is to do justice daily right we get to live out in this world and we should walk in holiness we should walk in righteousness we should repent of our sins we get to do all of these things as followers of christ while also acknowledging that doing justice work is one of those things as well and we see it play out we see it as really like an invitation from god because he himself is a god of justice he himself is exemplifying justice and you know as christians we need to be careful in the world because there will be a lot of rhetoric there will be theories there will be points of view there will be perspectives there will be worldviews that 
maybe seem nice or justice centered or around a person is humanity, but our justice understanding should fully and solely be biblical. Because if it doesn't come from the foundation of God's wisdom and judgment and wis- and justice, then we're going in a direction that is not headed towards um, salvation, that's not headed towards holiness and what God wants for us um, in this world. And so living out justice every single day is us living out our gift and fulfilling it of being image bearers in the world. And so let's get into the first part of intercession. That was the first thing I mentioned because I actually think it's the most important way and the most actual practical way that we can live out justice in our everyday life. So intercession by definition is the action of intervening on behalf of another. In the Bible and in Christian faith, we believe that intercession is prayer. Often it is prayer. And also the Bible talks about it being advocacy, right? That Jesus is our advocate. He is interceding for us. And that actually is in the scripture in Romans 8.34. It's in a few different scriptures, but I'm going to specifically highlight Romans 8.34. It says, who is to condemn? That's a question. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who who was at the right hand of God, and who indeed is interceding for us. So God has placed Jesus at the right hand of him and he himself, Jesus, is interceding for us, sitting right next to God. Right? So he is doing an intervention on our behalf. So in in the book of Jude, it says that he presents us blameless, right? That is because he is interceding for us. Uh, all the different ways that we are able to come to God especially now in the new covenant, not based on the old covenant in the old Testament, but we can come to God directly, not through a priest, not through anything like that is because of Jesus' death, because of Jesus' resurrection and because of Jesus' power and the intercession he holds and does for us. And so there's a huge power in intercession and we can do that for other people. And there's actually two ways that we can do that within the world in our everyday life. One way is through prayer. Sometimes we can, we can forget the power of prayer because either we do it so often or it's just something we learn to do. We do it so casually. But y'all, there is a power in prayer. Every single time you pray, whether you see the fruit of it or not in your lifetime, there was power in your prayer through your faith. And so when we intercede for someone else, and we pray for someone else, whether we know them closely, whether we even know their name, there is something happening in the spiritual realm that God is agreeing with and aligning uh, our prayer to his will. And so if we are praying, let's say, for human trafficking survivors, if we are pay- praying for uh, black bodies, to be dignified in this country if we are praying for there's a war in another part of the country we don't need to know specific names we don't even know to know specifics our prayer is being heard by god and we are interceding for our brothers and sisters wherever they may be in the world and that also applies to the person on your block because often we'll be like okay yeah you know i prayed for um everybody in that country in in the middle east or in asia or in you know south america and it's like that's beautiful and that's amazing but what about the people on your block? What about the person experiencing homelessness that you walked by? What about um, the mom that you passed by? What about the people you saw in your supermarket? Wherever it may be, the people that are also around you. And then that also goes to the advocacy part, right? Here uh, at Full Collective, so Yes and Amen is a branch of uh, the Full Collective ministry business, right? And Full Collective is, first word is focused on freedom. The F in full is for freedom. And we're focused on justice and freedom in different ways and how that gets to play in our life. And that we exemplify that by giving to restore. We get exemplify that by standing for our brothers and sisters who are experiencing injustice. We exemplify that by giving action items and doing prayer circles. So we get to do it in the ways that we can based on our capacity, understanding, and ministry, right? And so advocacy gets to be something that you get to do. You 
you don't have to be a social worker like me at my your at your daily job. Sometimes it just requires you to make a phone call or a text or an email or a post, whatever it may be, right? And we'll talk a little bit about what that can look like in a more consistent way versus performative way. But that is a way of advocacy. That is a way of intercession, right? Because again, that definition of intercession is the act of intervening on behalf of another. And that is what you're doing when you're doing advocacy. That is what you're doing when you are praying. And also when we talk a little bit about privilege, that's what you're doing when you're using your privilege for good. And so the very first important one, how you can live out justice in your everyday life is daily prayer and daily advocacy. And really it, it doesn't take more than five minutes to do some sort of advocacy in the world. It can feel like, oh, I didn't really do much as an email, or I didn't really do much as in a text or filled a petition or donated to this. It actually did do something. So when you, when you believe that your small thing, God can do something big with that, then you actually can release that. You took the few minutes to be able to do it in your day. And then, you know, see how you can do justice work in other ways throughout your day. But it is um, justice work and it is advocacy work. The second thing is hands and feet, right? Um, the scripture that I'm going to focus on in, in specific to this is Matthew 25, 35 to 40. So it is a few lines. Um, I'm sure many of you have read it, but I'm going to read it again. So again, Matthew 25, 35 to 40. It reads, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and take you in or without clothing and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer to them, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And I want to connect this with scripture in Matthew 20, 28, where it says, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give life, his life as a ransom for many. And so this is a connection because Jesus himself came to serve. And so when he's saying you are serving the least of these, you are serving me, you are glorifying me. And, you know, we live in a culture, especially in Christianity, sometimes we want to level up in a way that we um, are only connected with the people in our church who have a connection, who have, um, who, who we can benefit from, who maybe has funds, even, you know, I love my pastors in the world, but pastors can fall into that trap of like only having a connection with people like that, right? But it's the least of these. When we're serving Jesus, we can raise all our hands all we want. Literally, we can go to service every week. We can be on our knees on our house. But if we're treating people who are the least of these in the world like nothing, like they actually quote unquote are the least of these, then we actually aren't glorifying God. Then we actually are are the problem in the justice world. Then we are actually causing injustice because we are saying some deserve attention, some deserve serving, some deserve love, some deserve things more than others. And that is not being the hands and feet of Jesus. When we think about hands and feet, hands do things, right? They don't do things. For, you can't do something from afar with your hand. You have to be up close and personal to do the thing with your hand. Feet either take someone somewhere or take you somewhere. And so that's you taking the least of these somewhere, whether it's to get a resource, whether it's to get water, whether it's to simply help them walk down the street, whatever it may look like, but actually tangibly, practically being the hands and feet of people. And that can become, that comes with discernment, right? And wisdom. If it's the middle of the night, and you're the you're a woman, let's say, and you're the only one in the space. And, you know, maybe you want to help someone 
praying and being, being discern, discerning of that situation, how you can serve the person. Because maybe even praying from afar can be the, the way that you support them in that time. But we get to be the hands and feet um, in our everyday life, right? Whether I think these days, uh, not everybody, but some people are finding themselves at home a lot more because of the pandemic or whatever reason. And so it's even harder, perhaps you feel to even go outside and do that, right? Um, but this can be done online. And this also can be maybe that's the reason you go out today, right? Today's the reason you go out is because you want to take a walk that's good for your body and your soul. And also maybe you get to serve someone that um, God is going to put in your path so you can serve them. And so that's what it looks like to be the hands and feet to actually feed people to provide for people. Sometimes we are so focused on giving them the gospel, giving people the message of the gospel, which is so important, right? Like salvation is so important. We want to see these people in heaven with us. But while they're in front of us, if they're hungry, they need the gospel and food. And the gospel is food, right? Because by you giving them food, you are showing them the love of Jesus. By you giving them a dollar, you are showing them the love of Jesus. By you giving them a resource, you are showing them the love of Jesus. By you praying for them, you are showing the love of Jesus. Imagine you said, here's the way to Jesus, but I'm not going to give you food. That's actually not the gospel. That's actually not good news. And that's actually not the way of Jesus. That is the way of injustice. And so we get to acknowledge how we can practically do this in our everyday life and not fall into so much of the of the evangelism that we miss the biggest part of evangelism is showing people Jesus and showing people Jesus is through action and providing um, and serving for people. And so the third one is rejecting your flesh and living out the fruits of the spirit. So we're going to spend a few minutes here because um, this may be something that we don't really consider, right? When it comes to the fruits of the spirit, justice work. But what first I'm going to do is I'm going to read the fruits of the spirit, right? So fruits of the spirit are found in Galatians 5.22. It says, but the fruits of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and and self-control. The law is not against such things. That closes in verse 23. But now let's rewind. (laughs) In Galatians 5, 19 to 21, right? So that was saying, these are the fruits of the spirit. But before that, it says, these are the fruits of the flesh, right? There, We live in flesh, us as human beings. This is why we are in desperate need of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So verse 19 in Galatians 5 says, Now the works of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions and factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. I am warning you about these things as I have warned you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So that's already it. You're already not going to inherit the kingdom of God by doing all these things. That's already step one of us trying to not do this, right? But also when we look at this, when we look at these different examples, not all of them, but some of them are the work of injustice, right? Because when we fall into, let's say an example, sexual immorality, an example of sexual immorality is porn, watching pornography. And there are people who are addicted to porn who are choosing to be free of that and recovering from that and move away from that. And but then there's people who still are watching porn, right? Without repentance, without actually trying to stop. That's a sex that's an injustice. Why? Because often the women behind the camera in that, and maybe some men too, have either been forced to do that, perhaps they have been assaulted, right? Maybe you are watching that. Um, maybe they have been trafficked. And so you are a part of an injustice issue or injustice issues by simply watching pornography. And maybe we don't think of that when when thinking about pornography, but that is a factor. Idolatry is an example, right? That was one of them. Making something or someone 
thinking that they're better than someone else, right? I would say racism is a form of idolatry, right? You're saying I'm placing my race, the people in my group as an idol above everyone else and above everything else. That can apply to also gender, your your gender. It could apply to your social class. Whatever part of group you're in, you can place as an idol and that then causes a ripple effect of injustice when it comes to then the other group, the oppressed group, the opposite group of the group that you find yourself in. Outbursts of anger. We can see this when it comes to politics. We can see this in in regards to division in points of view, especially when we think about different realms of theology and different parts of Christianity. We can have outbursts of anger. The way I have seen Christians comment on things on other other people's page, I'll be like, wow, are you Christian? (laughs) And that's really, that's causing division, which is causing injustice issues because the division then makes, oh, pro-lifers and people who are anti-abortion, all this stuff, forget about the human beings that are involved in all these division thoughts that we're thinking about. Oh, no black lives matter. I'm not for that. I'm not with. So you actually don't care about black lives or is it that you just don't want to be affiliated with that organization? So then with that, with that outburst of anger, with those disagreements, then we create injustice issues and we end up on the side that God wouldn't be on. We end up on the side that Jesus would not be on. And so we have to recognize that all of these are results of fruits of the flesh, things that are natural to us and that we want need to repent of, move away from and allow that the Holy Spirit that lives within us help us build the fruits of the Spirit because then the fruits of the Spirit go help us in the opposite direction of all of that, which is the direction of justice. When we think about all of these things, it has to do with justice. The spirit, uh, right? Fruits of the spirit, which is spirit is love, right? Loving other people, loving ourselves, spreading love in the world, joy, bringing joy into the world, peace, right? We often talk when uh, people talk about protests, things like that. They're wanting to experience peace from an injustice that's happening. Patience, that we get to develop patience in our waiting for God's justice. Sometimes we're in a rush to see justice found in this world when we're just we should be waiting for God's justice justice kindness right developing a kindness for people that disagree with us that don't think the same as us even people that may be an ism that is opposed to yours goodness spreading the goodness of God the good news of God faithfulness being faithful to his word being faithful to what he says and not being distracted by what the world is trying to teach us and show us especially in the realm of justice being gentle we are trying to so often show speak our agenda and show our agenda and that we miss the part of being gentle. And even in the street, if I know I find myself doing this in New York City sometimes, I can I can admit it, I am not gentle sometimes. And I think about like, what did that person experience that day, right? How am I uh, adding to the injustice of the world of even treating someone a certain way, right? And that goes to our next top thing where we're going to talk about was just dignity. Um, but keeping going with gentleness and the fruits of the spirit, the last one is self-control, y'all. I mean, do I need to talk about it? All of injustice, if you think about most of injustices, they have to do with a lack of self-control. People are trafficking women because they have they don't they have a lack of self-control of their body and they want and of the body of other people and they want to use the body of other people among other things that's wrong you know with them, um, and so that causes an effect self-control when it comes to like you know someone pulling a trigger on someone that they shouldn't right that is a lack of self-control and so self-control is a huge fruit of the spirit that we all need in the area and the realm of justice work. Okay, now let's go to dignity, dignity for all human beings. Now I'm going to go back to Galatians, Galatians 3.28, where it says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, 
there is neither slave nor free. There is no male and no female for you are all in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to touch on the topic of slave right now. We need to remember, we need to read the Bible in context, look up, look up words, what they actually mean. Cause sometimes people take this, this scripture and this verse and they're like, oh my God, it's talking about slaves. I'm talking about like, there's someone's, you know, like the slave, the slavery that we know in American, American history, not the same thing, y'all. So we're, we'll touch on that another time. But this scripture is basically saying, right? Paul is saying, we are all equal under the eyes of Christ. We are all the same. There is no one above or below anyone. And so when we have to look at other human beings with dignity, right? What does that look like practically when you're in the street or with you're interacting with other people, right? You see the dignity in them. You see the image bearer in them. You see that they are human being uh, and and they get to have received grace from you. They get to receive these fruits of the spirit from you. Uh, another scripture I want to touch on is Luke 10, 25 to 37. Uh, and I'm going to read the whole thing. It is a little long, but I think, and I think we know, you know, what this scripture is saying for the most part. A lot of us have read it before, but let's read it again together. It says Luke 20 in Luke 10 verse 25. It says, then an expert in the law stood up to test him saying, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is it written in the law? He asked him, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, he told him, do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus took up the question and said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him, beat him up and fled, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the road. When he saw him, he passed by another by on the other side in the same way a levite when he arrived at the place and saw him passed by on the other side but a samaritan on his journey came up to him and when he saw him the man he had compassion he went over to him and bandaged his wounds pouring on olive oil and wine then he put on him then he put him on his own animal brought him to an inn and took care of him the next day he took out two denarii gave them to the innkeeper and said take care of him when i came back i'll reimburse you and for whatever extra you spend which of these three do you think proves to be a name to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers the one who showed mercy to him he said then jesus told him go and do the same this is dignifying other human beings y'all showing mercy and not having to know the whole story of who they are if you notice in all of the scripture we do not know the age of the man his life family story his race none of it we simply hear that he, someone chose to take care of him not the priest and not the levite but the samaritan someone who was rejected right and perhaps connected to this man in that kind of way but he also didn't just say, hey, I want to help you or hey, I want to take care of you. He went the stretch. He went the long route to serve this man. He traveled with him, took care of him, paid for his stay, paid for his healing um, and, you know, continue to support him in this journey. And so this really shows an example of what it looks like to dignify a human being. This is really a culmination of all the things we've already discussed, the dignifying of a human being, the hands and feet, the fruits of the spirit, the intercession. This is all an example of, of those things and how we can live our justice in our everyday life. And sometimes we can say like, well, how do we do this? Or I don't know, that's like, you know, it's awkward or I feel weird. Y you know what? Yeah, <laughs> it, it may be all those things. But if we're bold enough to be Christian in this world, in a world that rejects our faith, in a re world that rejects our God, in a world that is opposite of everything, really, that we should live out, then we should be bold enough to do something honestly as simple as this. And so that is the invitation to do that. Now, 
The next thing is dying to self. Like I said earlier, often the scriptures and these thoughts, this saying is often talked about in the context of marriage. You need to die to yourself when you get married. Choose, you know, your marriage, choose your spouse every single day. And that is true and you should do that, right? But then also applies to other human beings. It also applies to justice work. Luke 9.23 says, And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. This is just what I was saying about being a Christian. But being a Christian is denying ourselves. Being a Christian is walking and following Jesus. And where does Jesus go? He goes to the least of these. Where does Jesus go? He goes to serve those those who are healed, those who are broken, those who are wounded, those who are in pain, those who are impoverished, those who are margin- marginalized. If we're actually following Jesus, like if you legit imagine Jesus in front of you and you're following his steps, that's where he's going to take you. That's where he's going to walk. And so is that where you're willing to go? Are you willing to deny yourself? Are you willing to die to yourself and actually follow Jesus in a tangible and practical way. That is how you will end up doing justice work on a daily basis. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And in the life I now live in the flesh, I will live by the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is why we do it. Because Jesus himself gave his life for us. Because Jesus himself is walking in this path. Jesus is not saying, do justice work and be kind and be good and, you know, be righteous and holy and serve others. He came down. He left heaven, the luxury of heaven, came down and showed us exactly how to do this. Now, the second to last one is check your privilege and use your privilege. And privilege, like I said, can be a very, a word that we know we're kind of scared of or like we don't want to admit if we have privilege. The reality is that y'all, not only white people have privilege. I don't know if you've noticed that or realized that, but we all hold a privilege, whether it's one, whether it's many, we all hold privileges, even if we fall in, in in the category of some oppressed groups. For example, I have the privilege of being able-bodied. There are some things that I can do with my body that some people cannot. I have a privilege of a master's degree. There are some people who do not have a master's degree and are limited as to what kind of jobs they can get because of it, right? We all have different privileges. I have a privilege because I was born in this country. My mom was not born in this country. And so I hold privilege um, and I can perhaps intercede for her because I hold the privilege that she does not. And so scripture in connection to this is 1 John 3.17. It says, but if anyone has the world's goods and see his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? And this is the question. If you have the world's goods, as in as in you hold some sort of privilege, whatever that may be, money-wise, education-wise, where you live, whatever that looks like, even how you communicate, if you hold some sort of privilege, then you can use your privilege for good and intercede for others. It's when we f- fall and sit in our privilege and just be like, well, I wish I didn't have this privilege or like, I, it's not my choice that I have this privilege. Yeah, I, we get that. <laughs> that is totally understandable. But to sit in it and just like not want your privilege or like be be embarrassed by it or shameful of it does no service to no one. And it also puts you on the side of injustice work. So by using your privilege for good and for those who do not have it in a way that is dignifying of the other human being and not trying to be a savior, then you are doing justice work in your everyday life because you are fighting for people in a way in that they cannot fight for themselves. And so that is the power um, that we get to have in having our privilege and using it for good. And now the last one is consistent and not trendy performative justice. 
And, you know, this can be a very difficult thing to kind of discern and figure out because, you know, social media, well, you, we can post something, right? And people will be like, well, that's performative. Really don't know what you're doing in your everyday life. Uh, you could also be doing nothing in your everyday life, but you could also be doing something that you're not showing off on social media. That would actually probably be not appropriate to show off how you're doing justice work in your everyday life on social media, right? So one thing is forget like the shame, forget people, you know, people are going to assume like, oh, people are going to assume I'm performative. At the end of the day, God will know whether you're performative or not. So if you're just making that post and you're doing nothing else, then God will know. And and sometimes a, just one post is actually not performative. To do nothing, it, it can seem performative. And so this is a discerning and thing that we can think think about and consider. But 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says, therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that the that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. The part, part here that I want us to notice is always abounding in the work of the Lord. That word, always, always helps us be consistent. So if we're always abounding in the work of the Lord, if we're always trying to be intentional with how we do justice work in our everyday life, then we it won't be performative, the justice work that we do and the posts that we do and the things that we do. And so it's always being willing to do the work of the Lord, which is justice work. Romans 12, 2 also says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect, right? Use discernment. The thing is too, is we don't have to respond to every justice issue on social media, y'all. It really, we really don't. And people will question us. People, be ready for that. People will question you. People might call you performative. People will talk behind your back. You will never know. And that's that's on them and that's up to them. But you know what you're doing. You know what you're not doing. You know that you are praying for people. You know you're not praying for people. You know that you passed by that person experiencing homelessness. You know you if you didn't and that you did something about it. So it really is how God is seeing you. We get to have an audience of one and our work is not in performance to him but it is in glory to him doing his work with us and so as we recap the things that we talked about is how we can do justice work in our everyday life intercession through through prayer and advocacy being the hands and feet of jesus in a tangible way how can we work with our hands how can we do this in our everyday life take people somewhere with our feet rejecting your flesh and living out the fruits of the spirit right aligning ourselves to the will of god to the fruits of the spirit and acknowledging that the opposite of fruits of the spirit the fruit of the flesh will lead us to do an injustice work um living on dignity and helping people experience dignity in themselves and dignifying others dying to self denying our flesh denying ourselves and following jesus and knowing acknowledging and remembering that following jesus means that we are going to end up serving and going to the least of these we're going to be serving and doing things in the shadows when no one will ever else will notice and that is important because we also need to stay humble uh checking our privilege and using it for good staying consistent and not performative in our justice work and so friends this is what i invite you to do as we enter into this new year it is possible to do justice in everyday life you don't have to hear about news of another black body being killed in an undignified way or in a criminal way to actually do something about that community or to serve that community or to speak up right there there things don't have to happen in order for us to be reactive to being justice workers we can be justice workers every single day because we do that by living out these different principles we do that by living out the fruits of the spirit and we do that by glorifying god and so i hope you're encouraged by this teaching by this conversation and go back to these scriptures look at them really 
and study them and see what Jesus is saying in these words because this is something we get to exemplify and live out every day as part of our evangelism, as part of our worship, as part of our everyday life, as part of our fulfillment to being image bearers. This is the work that we get to do. This is how we get to glorify God in mighty ways and serve his people. This is how we get to be Jesus on this earth. It is not easy to try to live out the way Jesus did, but this, these are practical ways. These are simple ways, whether it takes five minutes in our day or it takes several hours in our day. It is possible work. You don't have to work for an organization that serves to do it. You don't have to even work for a church to be able to do all of these things. These are things that we can do in our home, on our block, in our state, in our country, everywhere. Be blessed. I hope you are encouraged to do this all. And if you want to continue in the conversation, feel free to DM me. I would love to resource you, pray for you, or support you. Y'all, I pray that conversation blessed you and that you're able to apply something you either learned or heard to your continued growth on your faith journey. I invite you to study more on the scriptures we talked about on this episode and don't let any conviction you experience go without prayer and action. Share any thoughts or testimonies you may have by leaving us a rate or review and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Meet us next time for another episode and if you don't already, follow us on Instagram following at PD or at we.r.fool to learn more about our growing community and get connected with us.